Today we continue our series on who we are as Forrest Lake. Just to refresh your memory from our identity statement, at Forrest Lake we welcome and affirm all people, especially those who may not believe our story. We honor scripture through honest, critical study of the Bible. We side with the under-resourced, the oppressed, and the left out. We stand for justice even when it's unpopular. We work within our local community to show the love of God through acts of service and social justice. Forest Lake seeks to transform our world into God's kingdom. And today, for today's message, we're going to focus on the scriptures, that we honor scripture through honest, critical study of the Bible. Our text for the sermon is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. Let us pray. Almighty God, I pray that you would open the words of your scriptures to us. Help us to understand them for what they truly are. Breathe your spirit into these pages to enliven our spirits that we might know you better and we might follow you more closely. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, the Apostle Paul did it again. He invented another word for us to argue over, and it's a doozy. Paul tells Timothy that all scripture is inspired by God. And first, before we get to the word in question, we need to understand what Paul is talking about when he says all scripture. When Paul writes about scripture, he's referring to the Hebrew Bible, what we call the Old Testament. At the time Paul was writing, that's the only Bible that there was. He was still in the process of writing what we now call the New Testament. And in all likelihood, 2 Timothy was written before any of the Gospels was written, definitely before some of them were written. So when Paul says that all Scripture is inspired by God, we need to keep in mind that he's talking about what we call the Old Testament. But then there's the question of this word. There's the word that the NRSV translates as inspired. The Greek word for that, the word in the original language is theopneustos, which comes a compound word that Paul creates, apparently. It comes from two words, theos, which is God, and pneo, which means to breathe or to blow. Uh, it's only used once in the New Testament. It's only used once in Koine Greek before the time that 2 Timothy was written. Any other time that it's used is referring back to Paul's initial use of it. Now, the word is frequently translated as God breathes. Theos, God, pneo, to breathe or to blow. So, theopneustos, to, is God breathed. But what does that really mean? What does it mean to say that the scripture is is God breathed? We'll look at two possibilities. There are those who argue that God breathed means that our scriptures came out of God's mouth, that they are God's words put on paper, that God actually dictated these words to human writers. 
Well, if that's true, the Bible must be literally true and inerrant, and many believe that it is. If you believe, if God is perfect and you believe that these are the actual words that came out of God's mouth, then they must be correct. They must be accurate. They must be inerrant. But there are problems with that. There are problems because there are contradictions. There are contradictions between what the Bible says and what we know to be true in science. Now, some will say, well, we just got to have faith and believe the Bible over science no matter what. But can we really do that? The, the Bible claims a six-day creation that happened about 6,000 years ago. The scientific evidence is overwhelming that the earth is much, much older than that, and that the process of life coming on earth is much, much longer. And so was the creation account a scientific report from God, or is it humans attempt to understand what God was doing? I do believe that God created everything, just not 6,000 years ago. Uh, also, uh, the Bible claims that the earth is in a fixed place, that the whole universe revolves and rotates around the earth. Uh, and the church believed that for centuries until Copernicus helped us to see the reality and what we know to be true. We've seen the pictures, even in this last week from space, we know that the, uh, that the earth turns on its axis and that it revolves around the sun. We, we know that, uh, that even the sun now is not the center of our universe. So which is true? Is science or is the Bible? If you believe that these words came out of God's mouth, you've got to ignore the scientific evidence. But there are even contradictions within the text. One of my favorites comes from Proverbs. I use this one because these two verses are written by the same writer in the same chapter in the same book. They're actually back to back. Proverbs 26 Verse 4 says, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. So very clear instruction, it sounds like, from the mouth of God not to answer a fool. However, the very next verse, verse 5 says, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. So here we have these words that some believe are or dictated from the mouth of God, telling us to do two polar opposite things. Don't talk to a fool or talk to a fool. Obviously, these texts were not intended to be a rule book. And then there's the command to kill every man, woman, and child in Jericho, except for Rahab, versus what we understand from the New Testament, the verse that says that God is love. How do we reconcile this this complete genocide of a city versus the notion that God is love. Beyond that, taking a literalist view of Scripture can encourage its misuse. Uh, a while back when people discovered the prayer of Jabez, many began praying it as though it were magic. The prayer says this, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Thousands of church folks uh, recited those words with confidence that God was going to accomplish those same things in our lives, that we would have more territory and that we would be free from pain, ignoring the fact that many of the saints throughout history suffered great pain. Many suffered death violent death for the faith, 
And so this prayer simply does not seem to apply to everybody. We, we pray that prayer because it says things that we like, but we do it without considering the context, without considering exactly who was Jabez, what was going on in his life, what was his relationship with God, and does that accurately speak to my situation? It's so easy to turn the Bible into a magic book filled with incantations. Read the words and get what you want. Actually reminds me of watching Bewitched as a kid when, when a problem would come up, they'd pull out the big black spell book and they would recite some incantation and suddenly things would get better. Well, that's magic. That's not our faith. That's not the Bible. It just doesn't work that way. James chapter 5 verses 14 and 15 say this, is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. And I've prayed this prayer, and I've seen healings. I've seen God miraculously restore lives. I've experienced it myself, and so I know that God does heal. But I know it's not magic. I, I, I've also prayed that prayer many, many times for people who continued to be sick and continued on through weeks and months of sickness. I've prayed that prayer for many whose funerals I eventually did. You see, the Bible's not magic. It just doesn't work that way. It's not supposed to be magic. And according to the Apostle John, Jesus is the Word of God. So which is it? Is the Bible the Word of God or is Jesus the Word of God? It's important to figure that out because the two don't always agree. Jesus argues with Scripture repeatedly with the Old Testament that Paul is talking about here. Jesus argues with it repeatedly. So which is the Word of God? Is it the Bible or is it Jesus? John Wesley, the founder of our denomination, was not a literalist or an inerrantist. Now, he loved the Bible. He called himself a man of one book, and I would share that with him. But he was not a literalist or an inerrantist. Here's a quote from John Wesley. This is true. If the literal sense of these scriptures were absurd and apparently contrary to reason, then we should be obliged not to interpret them according to the letter, but to look for a looser meaning. So if a plain literal reading of the scriptures is absurd or violates reason, then Wesley, our founder, says to look for a looser meaning. John Wesley also said this, No scripture can mean that God is not love, or that his mercy is not over all his works. You see, for, for Wesley, for the people called Methodist, love is the ultimate rule, and not even Scripture gets to violate the law of love. So what are we to make of Paul's claim that Scripture is God-breathed? Because I believe that it is. I believe that the Scriptures are God-breathed. But what does that mean? God breathes into these pages. It's not that the pages come out of God's mouth, but God breathes into these pages and brings them to life for us. That idea is so consistent with many other things that we believe to be true. God, God breathed into ordinary dirt, and Adam became a living being. God breathed into ordinary bread, 
and it becomes the body of Christ. God breathes into ordinary wine, and it becomes the blood of Christ. God breathes into ordinary water, and it's transformed for baptism. And God breathes into ordinary words, stories written down by by God followers from millennia ago. God breathes into their words, and they come to life for us, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training. See, the Bible doesn't change us through magic. We don't open the words and suddenly be open the the pages and suddenly be transformed by the words that we read. But the Bible transforms us through study, through questioning it, asking the hard questions. That's a good thing to do by thinking critically about it, by considering who wrote it and why, when it was written, what was going on in the history of, of Israel. Uh, or of the church at the time that it was written. What's the context? Who all, who was it written to? Those things matter, and they affect the meaning that we take out of it as well. Because too often, when we've turned this book into an idol, we've used it to hurt people. We misrepresent these words for our own purposes and do damage to other people in the process. We hang on to the verses that we like, and we use the verses that we don't like. Uh, we, we ignore those or we use them to hurt others. The Bible is not God. The Bible is not God. It is a story of an ancient people trying to understand God. God breathes into their stories to invite us into a relationship. At Forest Lake, we take the Bible too seriously to take it literally. This is a safe place for you to wrestle with a complex book, to ask questions, to challenge it. We honor Scripture through thoughtful, critical study of the Bible. Amen.